We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on the air until 7 o'clock tonight. Got South Bend Cubs coming up uh, after that. Right now, the the lovely and talented Brian Driscoll from irishbreakdown.com. Lovely. Joining us uh, talk some uh, recruiting and Notre Dame football and all that stuff, so. How are you, Brian? I don't know which one I want to disagree with more vehemently. The <laughs> lovely the and lovely t- or, or the, the talented. talented. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want, we could co- you know coin toss it right now. You know, <laughs> you know what? You're the boss. I'll, if, if you say I'm lovely and talented, then we're going to roll with it. All right. So, uh, all right. Let's do it. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that for a day okay. then. All right. <sighs> Brian, um, a little bit quiet on the recruiting side right now. Yeah, vacations are going to do that, and players or high school kids are getting ready to start their fall camp. And, um, yeah, it's kind of like when you have a a month like you had in June, which then resulted in a lot of early July commitments. It's kind of like, well, you're not too far from being done. And the guys Mm -hmm. left on the board are the guys that uh, a lot of times are going to be deciding later in the season. You know, your Anthony Lucases, your Xavier Nwankpas, you know, guys like that. And so now it's about you got your board, now it's about closing. And that's really where Notre Dame is at. I think there's a chance they're going to close relatively well in August on a couple offensive players, but we'll see about that. But, uh, yeah, now it's just about putting the finishing touches on this thing. Well, Brian, you talk about the finishing touches uh, for this class, and it's it's rare that Notre Dame is in this particular position where, you know, going into the fall, they've they've got, what, four, five, six guys left on the board, and they're kind of putting a full-court press on those guys, trying to get them to commit. And, you know, some of them are going to commit soon. Some of them, I'm not saying to Notre Dame, but they're going to announce their commitment soon. Some of them are going to wait until their football season and things of that nature. If, depending on who commits, what is Brian Driscoll's, uh, you know, uh, ideal class for the 22 class, realistic ideal class? Who do you see coming in and being with Notre Dame? 
I have actually have an article. I'm going to about halfway through it now. I'm going to publish it tomorrow that kind of goes into greater detail on this. But this is a good topic to have because I think where you're at right now, Vince, you talked about they're at, and they have the number of commits that they have, and and the board is what it is now. It's like right. seven or eight guys. Yep. And you know you need to bet, go about you know hit like seven fifty on those to really have a top class. I think the thing that's unique about this situation, Vince is they're in much better position to have the kind of finish you just talked about than they've been in a long time. So when you look offensively, you've got C.J. Williams, who is planning on making his decision known next Sunday. Now, we'll obviously talk more about this next week, but you know I love where Notre Dame is at there. Notre Dame is, is trying to convince Tobias Merriweather to – uh, you know, they're they're the leader for him. He's a guy that is a top 100 recruit, big-time wide receiver. You get him and C.J. Williams, and they're trying to convince Tobias Merriweather to make a decision this summer as opposed to carrying it on to next winter, which he has said is his plan. If they can successfully do that and add Tobias this summer, now all of a sudden the position that we're concerned about, receiver, becomes a strength. Right. Now all of a sudden the offense starts getting a little bit more successful. So that's a big step towards finishing that class with the ideal class. You know, then you look at the offensive line. That's next. You've got to get one of Billy Shrout or Zach Rice. You, you've got to do it. You have to hit one of those two players. They're both highly ranked. They're both talented. They both fit a major need. And so to me, those are the three guys on offense above all others, the three positions on offense that you, you need to finish with three of those four players. Defensively, it's an even smaller board. It's essentially Xavier Nawank put safety, Anthony Lucas and Hero Canoe in the defensive line. You need to get two of those three players, and I would say one lineman and one safety. If you can get all three of them, grand slam home run. But if you get two of those players, one of the linemen and Xavier Nwankpa, not only is Notre Dame going to have a, you know, a great class from a recruiting ranking standpoint, arguably the best offensive class in the country, but now practically speaking, you've now landed the kind of balance, the kind of depth, the kind of impact, high-level impact talent on all three levels of the defense – that makes you say, now that's the kind of class you can build a national champion around. And and that's where they're at defensively. Offensively, they got more work to do there. You know, but but it's it's still possible, Vince. I mean, you've got two gr- really good tight ends. If you can add C.J. Williams, add Tobias Merriweather, add one of those top offensive linemen, all of a sudden you're saying that this is one of your better offensive classes in a while that comes right on the heels of, two back-to-back strong offensive classes. And so now you start feeling like the that gap is is really you've really done a, a big job of closing that a great deal this offseason. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You say national championship, like... Like, 
as far as the defense goes anyway, provided they get a equal or greater uh, contribution on the offensive side as far as a recruiting class goes, how soon are we talking well, I, here? <laughs> you know, I, I think that for me, the offensive is still the side that's holding them back. Yeah. When you look at the NFL draft success, you look at the just the on-field success, all those things, the defense has really been where it needs to be that's to the be a team that's yeah. capable of competing and playing for a championship. The offense needs the the bigger work, you know, and and that's why it's so imperative that you finish the way that you did that you you know you do that we talked about a receiver. You know, you need to get CJ Williams, you need to get Tobias Merriweather. Hopefully they can add a fourth receiver, whether it be Xavion Bradshaw or Major Everhart, who's more of the you know the slot type of game, you know, dynamic game, you know, game wrecker type of guys. You add that receiving core a year after you got Lorenzo Styles and Deion Colsey and Jaden Thomas and you know, you get another strong running back class with Jadarian Price a year after you had Logan Diggs and Audric Estime, which came a year after you landed Chris Tyree. You know, you're recruiting tight end as well as anybody in the country. And really, as long as you can develop one of those quarterbacks, that's the kind of consistent success that you need to have, Jim. And look, if you go back and you look at the first 10 years of Brian Kelly's tenure, there have been years when they've landed in an offensive class that you look at and say, boy, that's a great class. You can win with that. The mm-hmm. problem is, is you look at the classes before and after it, and they weren't there. It was a right. very unbalanced. You know, like in 2015, they land Jerry Tillery in a, in a pretty decent defensive tackle class, and then they, no defensive ends. The next year, they signed, they signed four defensive ends. All four end up getting drafted, but no defensive tackles, right? There was always kind of that, that lack of balance. It was a great offensive class, not a great defensive class. The reason this class has a chance to be different is because if you finish the way that I think they're going to finish on defense, it's it, it's already going to be a top 10 defensive class if they don't add another person. If they get oh, wow. a couple of those guys, it's a top two or three defensive class, if not number one. The difference, however, is that this is a, this is a good offensive class that if you get C.J. Williams, you get Tobias Merriweather and one of those offensive linemen to go with the players already on the board, it's now a really strong offensive class. And doing both of those in the same year is not something we've seen a lot of. And so that's where you say you're, you're, you're now on, the, on your way. Now it becomes about development. You have the weapons on board to now take that next step. Now it's about developing those tech players and then doing the things you need to do as a, as a system, as a staff, all those type of things to then maximize those players. But it's not going to be a talent problem anymore if you can continue to do what they've done so far in this class and then obviously carry it into 2023. And if they just keep having guys of this talent level too, just just having you know almost coming off like an assembly line. And that's exactly right because you, yeah. you look at Ohio State, you look at Alabama, you look at Clemson, it's – you know, they lose Trevor Lawrence and they're like, yeah, they'll still be a top five team because, you know, they got the, you know, DJ coming in at quarterback. And, you know, Alabama loses Mac Jones, Bob, but they'll still be a title contender because they've got Bryce Young, where, you know, people are acting like Notre Dame's going to be a seven and five team because they lost Ian Book, you know? Right. Yeah. And because Notre Dame hasn't, hasn't proven, well, in, in their minds, hasn't proven that. But, you know, that's where I think Notre Dame is getting. That's why I'm so much more optimistic about this team because people say, well, you know, they lost these two defensive ends that were drafted. And, a lot of people around the country don't know who Myron Tungvaloa is. They don't know who Isaiah Foskey is. They don't know who Jason Adamiola is. And they're going to find out real soon. But, you know, they, they've done a lot of that. Now it's time to take that next step and start landing some of the impact players. And that's what's on the board right now. Like all those guys I mentioned, they're not three-star players I'm hoping can turn out to be dudes. They're dudes now. Yeah, <laughs> and and right. that's the difference. And that's why, you know, this staff, especially on defense, has really taken that big jump. And now it's up to Tommy Reese and the offensive staff to say, hey, look, 
you know, it's sort of an anything you can do, I can do better type of competition. Look, Tommy Reese is a competitive dude. He always has been, you know, and, and he looks at what Marcus is Freeman and doing and all the success they're having and all the love they're getting. You don't think they want to do that same thing on offense? Of course they do. Yeah. And I think that's good for a team. I think that's good for a program to say, hey, look, you guys are doing a great job, but but we're going to do it even better. And that's really how you become a champion. It's not You're not competing against anybody else. You're competing against yourself to say, we're going to maximize who we are. And then it doesn't matter what you do because we're still going to beat your tails because we can develop better than you. We have a better strength program than you. We're recruiting better than you. That's what Alabama does, right? That's what Clemson does. Yep. Now it's time for Notre Dame to do that. And they're closer now than they've been in 30 years from being that kind of program. Yeah, you, uh, you brought up the coaches having to do their job and having to develop these guys. And that brings up a really good question because there was a – Brian and I do a a mailbag uh, every every Friday at one o'clock over on YouTube for Irish Breakdown, and one of the questions that came through was if Marcus Freeman does what we expect him to do as the defensive coordinator, and Tommy Reese does basically what we expect him to do, if not maybe exceed some of the some of other Irish nations' uh, expectations of what Tommy Reese can be, who has the bigger impact? Uh, I thought that was a really, really good question, and I loved your answer, Brian. So I'm going to tee that one up for you about who has the bigger <laughs> impact, uh, which coordinator. It'd be Tommy Reese. And, and the reason I say that is is if Marcus Freeman is everything that we think he's going to be, and he's better than Clark Lee, which I think is possible, you're now improving on what? The 11th best defense in the country, the 10th best defense in the country, right? That side of the ball is like how much better can they get? Is there room to get better? Absolutely there's room to get better. But – you're already a top 10 caliber defense, in my opinion. Whereas offensively, you're, you're not even a top 25 unit. And I'm not talking about last season. I'm talking about more historically throughout the last 10 years. Notre Dame has not been winning because of their offense, with the exception of mm-hmm. 2015, right? I mean, can we all can we all agree to that, right, that premise? Mm-hmm. So to me, there's a greater room for improvement on that side of the ball. And when you look around the country and you say, well, who's winning championships? Well, okay, it's Clemson in 2018, who averaged 44.5 points per game. Then you look at 2019, it's – it's out, you know. It's uh, it's uh, LSU who averaged forty eight points per game. Then you look at two thousand twenty. It's Alabama averaging forty nine points per game. The days of winning seventeen to fourteen games like Alabama did back in eleven and twelve. Like I mean, what you know, they lost to LSU what like ten to six, and then won in the championship game like what twenty one to nothing. That those days are gone. You scored yeah. twenty one points in the national title game. Now you're losing by two touchdowns. You know, and, and so the offense is the side of the ball that has the most room for growth. And it's also the the side of the ball where there's the most need for adjustments and adaptations and changes. And so, you know, if Coach Reese can do some things we saw in the spring, you know, if they can add some of the, you know, the RPO type things that we talk about all the like I'm almost to the point where I'm tired of talking about RPOs, but they need to they need to be a part of what they do, right? You know, if they build around Kyron Williams and 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 Chris Tyree, and if the receivers do this, that, and the other, but it's all about Tommy Reese putting him in the right place. And if he does that, and I, and I have. I have a lot of confidence that he is going to be able to do that. But if, if I'm right and he is what we expect him to be or exceeds expectations, this offense gonna make, is going to make a huge jump, and that's the final piece to this whole thing. You know, as, If Marcus Freeman just maintains what they've already been doing and Tommy Reese takes it to the next step, Notre Dame's going to win. They don't have to necessarily get better on defense. It helps, but that's why I say Tommy Reese will be the guy that I think has a chance to make the bigger on-field impact for this football team. 
And I'll, I'll also uh, point out that uh, Brian has one-on-one interviews with both Tommy Reese and Marcus Freeman over uh, on irishbreakdown.com and our YouTube channel for irishbreakdown.com. So everybody needs to go and check those out because they were excellent interviews. And he, you know, Brian, when he's asking questions, doesn't uh, ask the fluff questions. They talk ball. And yeah. anybody that wants to hear ball, definitely check out those two interviews. Yeah, and they both did a great. They were thirty minutes long each, yeah, which was great. I mean, and it was just get look pick getting inside their heads. Like you know, what do you believe in? What's your philosophy? You know, what are the things you want to do? And and they both gave. I was surprised at how candid they both were. Me too. Happily surprised, right? Like it was a positive. Like they weren't giving away. Hey, on the third play against Florida State, we're going to run this concept. It wasn't (laughs) that kind of thing, but just more of getting into their heads of what they think works, where they think this place needs to go, what are the things that they believe in. It was really good and. And, and huge kudos to Brian Kelly for giving us that kind of access. That's not access we've had in the past, especially in podcast form. Uh, and I think it was great. And I think it gave fans a, a, that have watched already a great sense of who these guys are, how they, t- you know, what makes them tick. Uh, you get to see their personalities more when you actually get to watch them talking and answering questions as opposed to just me interviewing them one-on-one. And then, you know, I have to try to determine how to write their emotion or how they reacted in r- the written word. I just feel this was such a better format. And uh, it's just it's not something we had access to to do in the past, and I'm really excited they did it. But it, it, if you haven't watched them, watch them because they were both. I think they were both excellent. Coach Reese and Coach Freeman were both excellent in those interviews. Just being able to be that candid, uh, you know. I mean, if if they're being that candid in a podcast, man, mm-hmm. that's got to that's got to help on the recruiting tra- trail too. Well, I think that's part. Honestly, Jim, that's a great point because I think that's what's behind a lot of this. It's the more that your coaches and coordinators are part of the face of your pro, like Brian Kelly's the face of the program, right? Right. But but ben, Brent Venables at Clemson, right? Like, Dab, is anyone doubt that Dabo is the face of Clemson? No, mm-hmm. but everybody knows who. Brent yeah, we Venables know. Is. We know that name. So, yep. so right. So when Brent Venables walks into your living room, when Kirby Smart was the D coordinator at Alabama, for example, you know that's another another oppor- another example of that. You know when Ryan Day was the offensive coordinator at Ohio State, like everybody knew who those guys were because yep. they were accessible. You know they they had stories on them, and they you know, that's what I think Brian Kelly is doing, or at least that's what I hope he's doing. I hope that's the reason for it. And now, so when Tommy Reese. Who I think I think Tommy Reese needs that even more than Marcus Freeman because Marcus Freeman kind of has a reputation based on what he did at Cincinnati and he's the mm-hmm. hot young coordinator. Right. Tommy Reese doesn't have that reputation, so allowing people to kind of just see how I mean, look, I've I've been to these coaches clinics, these national coaches clinics. I've sat down with you know Power Five head coaches and coordinators and and pricked their brains. And you know when I sit down with Tommy Reese, I'm like, man, this dude is he's young, but he's really smart. Like you can just see it, you can hear it, and and um. Just get having recruits and fans get a chance to see that. Yeah. So now when Tommy Reese walks into your living room, he he's more of a known commodity to to recruits and parents. I think that's important. And the same thing for Marcus Freeman. So yes, not only does it is it good for fans, but I think you're right, Jim. I think this is something that's going to aid Notre Dame when it comes to establishing, you know, facial name recognition for all your coaches, not just Brian Kelly. All right. Brian Driscoll from irishbreakdown.com. Uh, appreciate the time, as always. Uh, like you said, you've got uh, the uh, kind of like the, the last uh, little bit of recruiting coming up on the website, right? 
Yeah, I, you know, so I, I have an article today kind of talking about just where the defense is and, and what they need to do to finish, you know, who the names are on the board. We talked about Xavier Nwank, Panthean Lucas. But, you know, tomorrow I'm going to kind of have a, you know, like Vince said, it's sort of a dream class, right? I always do a dream class article at the beginning of here's what I'd like the dream class to look like. But then by the end, it doesn't ever look like that. Well, this class has a chance to look like that. So <laughs> sure, I'm just kind of update like here's – Here's what would be the ideal finish, and if they are able to finish this way, what would that mean for Notre Dame? Because we have a, a phrase we like to use, Jim, called gap closers, right, at yep. Irish Breakdown. Okay. You know, and what that means is we're, you're trying to close the gap on Alabama. You're trying to close the gap on Ohio State and Clemson. Now you got to get some recruits that have the talent to lie to do that, and they've already landed a bunch of them. There's some, some big-time gap closers left on the board. Where does Notre Dame stand with each of them, and what would it mean if they get those guys? And And – and it's not just pie in the sky, cross your fingers. They have a legitimate chance with all these guys, and that's way different than the way it's been in the past. And you can feel that too. Just mm-hmm. like even like even if you're not paying attention, you know, like like you guys are to to recruiting. You know, if you're just kind of taking an outsider view of things, it, it feels like there's something different going on. And to be in on that on the ground floor is pretty darn exciting. Well, you know, it's kind of funny, Jim, is is the offensive staff is getting hammered by fans. And, and, mm-hmm. and I've had some criticisms as sure. well because they're not recruiting like the defense. But I'm like, if you just take a step back and you say, okay, you have a top 200 running back, you have two of the best tight ends in the country, you have two top 200 offensive linemen, an in-state kid who's pretty talented, was about to get offered by Ohio State. You've got a quarterback that had offers from like LSU, Michigan. He's a top 150 guy according to uh, two services. And that's the side of the ball. And, and a receiver recruit who I'm not too high on, but ran a 4-4-1 at Alabama and earned an offer from Nick Saban this summer. And people are like, man, it's terrible. And I'm like, uh, five years ago, we're doing backflips over the group that they have on board right, right now. Yeah. You know? and, and, but it's the perception, right? So as the defense has raised the bar – then you look at the audience and say, well, what are you guys doing? Like, well, we're not exactly in a bad place. We're we're hopefully in the next month going to land two top 100 more receivers that Notre Dame leads for right now. It's like if that's bad recruiting, then then you know, compared to the defense, then, then they're doing pretty good. You know? right. so, uh, but that's the kind of bar that Marcus Freeman and his staff has raised, and now it's up to Tommy Reese say, okay, I'll see your Jalen Sneed in this DB class and Tyson Ford, and I'll raise you a, a CJ Williams and a Tobias Merriweather and hopefully mm-hmm. a Zach Rice or something like that. And, you know, you talk about closing the gap. That's how you do it, Jim. You have those battles, which of these sides of the ball is better, of two really good sides of the ball. That's called, that's how Alabama recruits. Yep. And that's how Ohio State recruits. And mm-hmm. Notre Dame is, is, like I said, this is the closest they've been to that point in time of consistently strong recruiting in a long time. And let's not kid ourselves. Two playoff appearances in three years helps you sell your program. Yes, a it does. Lot. Yes, hurt. it does. Yes, it does. Brian Driscoll, the uh, the man and the brains behind IrishBreakdown.com. Uh, the lovely and talented, I should add as well. <laughs> there you so, go. There you go. <laughs> IrishBreakdown.com. I that's feel kind uh, of special. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's uh, that's where you got to go for uh, for all your Notre Dame uh, insider information because, quite honestly, for my money, it's the best. Appreciate so, you. There you go. Thanks, uh, Irishbreakdown.com. He is Brian Driscoll. Uh, lots of stuff still to come all through uh, all through the off season. Going to take a break. Uh, talk some more. You know, of course, you know, Major League Baseball trade deadline was the big news of the day, and uh, yeah, I, I think you know Vince is. I think Vince is still on suicide watch. Quite honestly, but <sighs> I'm, I, I'm trying to tell myself that I'm not. But let's be honest, <laughs> it's not good. Let me, let me just say that I've got the boys to men still queued up. You know, we can 
We can have some therapy still, okay? All right. Uh, that's all still to come on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.